Good evening, this is Dave with Mindset Ups and Downs. Today is February 24th, 2021. Continuing the read of the obesity code. What does that mean? It means that the subjects felt less full with increased hunger and decreased sanctity. The desire to eat rises. Moreover, moreover, these hormonal changes occur almost immediately and persist almost indefinitely. People on a diet tend to feel hungrier, and that effect isn't some kind of psychological voodoo. Nor is it a loss of willpower. Increased hunger is a normal and expected hormonal response to weight loss. Dr. Key's Minnesota Starvation Experiment first documented the effect of semi-starvation Neurosis, neurosis, excuse me, starvation, neurosis. People who lost weight dream about food. They obsess about food. All they can think about is food. Interest in all else diminishes. This behavior is not some strange affliction of the obese. In fact, it's entirely hormonally driven and normal. The body through hunger and satiety singling is compelling us to get more food. Losing weight triggers two important responses. First, total energy expenditure is immediately and indefinitely reduced in order to conserve the available energy. Second, hormonal hunger singling is immediately and indefinitely amplified. In an effort to acquire more food, Weight loss results in increased hunger and decreased metabolism. This evolutionary survival strategy has a single purpose, to make us regain the lost weight. Functional magnetic resonance imaging studies show that areas of the brain controlling emotion and cognition light up in their response to food stimuli. Areas of the prefrontal cortex involved with the restraint show decreased activity in other in other words, it is harder for people to have lost weight to resist food. This has nothing whatsoever to do with a lack of willpower or any kind of moral failure. It's a normal hormonal fact of life. We feel hungry, cold, tired, and depressed. These are all real, measurable physical effects of calorie restriction. Reduced metabolism and the increased hunger are not the cause of obesity. They are the result. Losing weight causes the reduced metabolism and increased hunger, not the other way around. We do not simply make a personal choice to eat more. One of the great pillars of the caloric reduction theory of obesity that we eat too much because we choose to to is simply not true. We do not eat too much because we choose to, or because food is too delicious, or because of salt, sugar, or fat. We eat too much because our brain compels us to. Interesting. So, let's see. Today, I did my fast 16 hours and then I had some bulletproof coffee with consists of some oat milk 
Kerrygold butter and coffee. And I drank that about 40 grams of butter and about 400 grams of oat milk. And that held me over today with no food up till 3.45 p.m. I had a ribeye. And that ribeye was, I logged it, let's see. One thousand sixty two calories, four hundred twenty five grams of ribeye steak. So today, my total calorie intake is figuring this out one thousand seven hundred and sixty eight for today. And I figured I need about twenty four ninety five or so. So I have a balance with energy burned and everything, about twelve hundred twenty five calories. But I'm gonna forego that tonight and just say I have I'm not gonna include my expenditure, which is not realistic anyway because it's not factual. It's based upon everything, my movement and my body functions. So I'm going to go against what I'm reading today about with regarding Jason Fung because I'm not hungry and I don't need to eat anymore tonight. So I like to ex experiment things for myself. I am reading the obesity code and I understand what he's trying to convey is calorie restriction does make you want to eat because it's a survival mechanism. But sometimes you got to forget about that and just realize that you're hungry and maybe drink some water or uh, maybe just have like a light snack, maybe some peanut butter and uh, a rice cake. I know he said that in the book also, rice cakes, when you're on a, on a diet, but hey, you know, we're each different, and I've lost weight in the past, and I've gained weight in the past, um, all by design. I control what I do, um, so I'm kind of in agreement with some things in this book, but I'm kind of in disagreement. Um, that's just my opinion. I've been to, I've been 305 pounds with a 46 inch weight waist before, and I've gotten down to 220 at a 36 inch waist before, or actually smaller than that, a 34 waist. So, and I, I fluctuate depending on what my goal is. So um, right now my goal is I'm 235 and I want to get down to 220 and maintain that. And that goal is re realistic for me because I'm going to make it happen. And I, I'm a firm believer is what I think 
about things will happen. If I think negative, I'm going to have a negative day. If I think positive, I'm going to have a positive day. That's pretty much the way it is. I mean, if I let people control my emotions, then I'm not controlling my emotions. These are all things that I've learned. And it's amazing to me the amount of information there is out there that we can all discover together. So what I'm going to read today, I'm going to share just a random thing that I want to share. I'm going to share about the history of donuts. I'm going to look it up because I don't know it. But there's been a lot of talk about donuts lately at work because we've had donuts at work brought in. And I did not have any, but I noticed some of the guys in the push-up clubs and the push-up club did have some. And they said they felt guilty after eating them. Which is understandable. I have that tendency to do things and then feel guilty. That was a YouTube video I was watching yesterday. Anyway, so here we go. Donuts. History of. It's be interesting to see where the history of donuts come from. I'm going to get this from... Uh, how about the smithsonianmag.com? I've actually never been to this website. But, uh... Let's see. It's kind of a big read. So, how about we go to Wikipedia? Okay, a donut or donut is a type of leavened, which is fried dough. It is popular in many countries and is prepared in various forms as a sweet snack that can be a homemade or purchased in bakeries, supermarket, and food stalls and franchise specialty vendors. Donut is the traditional spelling Whilst donut is a simplified version, both terms are often used interchangeably in the English language. Donuts are usually deep fried from a flour dough and typically either ring shaped or a number of shapes without a hole and often filled, but can also be ball shaped, donut holes. Other types of batters can be used and various toppings and flavorings are used for different types such as sugar, chocolate or maple glazing. Donuts may also include water, leavening, eggs, milk, sugar, oil, shortening, and natural or artificial flavors. You guys all know what a donut is, I'm sure. But maybe some, someone's never had it. So, history. That's what we want, the history of a donut. The earliest origins to the modern donuts are generally traced back to the Oleocoic Dutch settlers. Oil, oily cake. So Oleocoic is pronounced oily cake. 
It's spelled O-L-Y-K-O-E-K. Oli Cake is broken down to. It was uh, by Dutch settlers brought with them to early New York or New Amsterdam. These donuts closely resemble later ones but did not yet have their current ring shape. One of the earliest mentions of the donut was in Washington Irvine's 1809 book, A History of New York, from the beginning of the world to the end of the Dutch dynasty. The name Oily Cake was almost certainly related to the Oily Cake, a Dutch delicacy of, of sweetened fried sweetened cake fried in fat. According to an anthropologist, Paul R. Mullins, the first cookbook mentioning donuts was an 1803 English volume which concluded donuts in an appendix of American recipes. He also traces its origins to the Oli cake that arrived in America with the Dutch settlers in the early 18th century. By the mid-19th century, the donut looked and tasted like today's donut and was viewed as a thoroughly American food. Well, there we have it. It looks like the Dutch were the first to bring the donuts in. I do like donuts, especially Bavarian cream. Those are my favorite. But And yes, I am starting to get a little hungry because I did fast and I did have a I'm under my calorie allotment for the day, but I'm going to just drink my apple cider vinegar, which I am not noticing a difference internally, but still noting, noticing a difference externally as far as foot odor control. So anyone out there with the foot odor problem, I would recommend patting your feet with some apple cider vinegar. It has eliminated my foot odor problem because I wear sometimes... At work, steel-toed boots, anywhere from 8 to 12 hours a day with some socks. So therefore, I do have a tendency to get foot odor. But that has been eliminated since using apple cider vinegar. And maybe, who knows, maybe me drinking is helping too. I don't know. So... That is all I have for today. I did about... Well, actually, I know exactly what I did. I did 271 push-ups today. I will do some more tonight. I think I'm going to hit 300, so... What? 29 more, and I'll be good for my goal today. I did some kettlebell work also this morning before I left for work. And I may do a little bit more this evening. Undecided. But I am going to continue reading my book, The Psychology of Wealth. And uh, that's all I have for today. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope that uh, you may find some educational motivation to it. Like I said, my podcasts are unscripted and unedited. So therefore, there will be some errors and mistakes. So I appreciate you guys understanding and listening. Again, be well. And remember, 
if you just want to start today with doing a push-up and then continue doing so every day, it will change your life. It will change your body and your mind. Just like anything else that you do that's positive every day, it will change your mindset to the positive. Take care. We shall talk tomorrow. Continuing the read of the Obesity Code by Jason Fung, MD, and yours truly, David.